minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
In the AM with Yoni Z and Ode. You heard Baruch Levine before that with Rena. Rofe Naman, that was Ellie Marcus. Oseh Shalom from the cast of the Waterbury Yeshiva album. Nachas and Seushi are in By My Side. Great one from Eighth Day. 
Chaim David and Brachto, the Bo 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 done by Ohad, Baruch Levine's Bitchu, Birchas Abayas from Simcha Liner, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. 70 degrees outside with 75% humidity, winds west at 5 miles per hour. Forecast for today as spectacular as yesterday. Sunshine with a high temperature of 87. Tonight, clear skies, a low of 70. And tomorrow, mostly sunny, high of 87. Just some incredible weather days. I was driving in this morning. I saw a sunrise, or the uh, the dawn, I should say, like I had never seen before. Just unbelievable. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course, on the NSN app, where you can comment on anything happening at the moment. Plenty coming up on this Wednesday. I want to uh, give a special shout-out to our friends at Traveler's Choice, Yassi and Devora, the people at Traveler's Choice who bring you the incredible Wednesday music mix every single Wednesday afternoon on our stream at jmnam.org and, of course, on the NSN app. A lot of people traveling right now, so probably a lot of people in touch with our friends at Traveler's Choice. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMNAM. Galit Sal, באיטליה עלה ל-38 מניין ההרוגים באסון רעידת האדמה ולפחות 150 בני אדם מוגדרים נהדרים. ראש ממשלת איטליה מתאו רנצי אמר כי יש להתמקד כעת בחילוץ הלכודים. כתבתנו שירה נאות. ראש ממשלת איטליה מתאו רנצי הגיב לראשונה ואמר זהו זמן לבכות אך גם זמן לפעול עלינו להתאמץ בשעות הקרובות כדי להציל חיים ולהעניק תקווה לעיירות שנהרסו. לא נשאיר אף כפר ואף משפחה לבד. בשעה זו מתחילים להתגלות ממדי האסון במרכז איטליה והערכות הן כי מספר ההרוגים ימשיך לעלות. כפר בשם פסקרה דל טרנטו נהרס כליל וראש עיריית המטריד שאמר אף הוא שחצי מעירו נהרסה. בתוך כך רעש אדמה בעוצמה 6.8 דרגות הורגש לפני זמן קצר במיינמר שבדרום מזרח אסיה. לפי שעה לא דווח על נפגעים או על נזק. כתב אישום הוגש נגד דוד אמר, הנהג שדרס ילד בן 6 בתאונת הפגע וברח בירושלים בסוף השבוע. כתבתנו דור מימון. מכתב האישום עולה כי אמר עקף במהירות רכב אחר בצומת, הוא פגע בילד שהועף באוויר ועצר את רכבו. כאשר ראה שהילד שוכב פצוע על הכביש, ברח מהמקום. מאוחר יותר משפחתו הסגירה אותו למשטרה, בחקירות הסתבר כי הוא מעולם לא הוציא רישיון נהיגה. אחיו וחבר נוסף שהיו עמו ברכב, עצורים כעת, וכתב אישום ככל הנראה יוגש גם נגדם. טורקיה מרחיבה את הפעולה הצבאית נגד דאעש ושולחת טנקים לשטח סוריה, כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. כעשרה טנקים של צבא טורקיה חצו את הגבול הסורי כחלק ממבצע רחב היקף לטיהור הגבול מכוחות דאעש. באזורו נשמע ירי מתמשך מצד טנקים ומטוסי קרב, וגורם בכיר בצבא הטורקי אמר כי המבצע יושלם בתוך זמן קצר. הפלישה הקרקעית נערכת בתמיכת כוחות הקואליציה בהובלת ארצות הברית, והיא כוללת תקיפות קרקעיות ואוויריות. בחברת החשמל ובארגני הסביבה מגיבים על החלטת שר האנרגיה שטייניץ לסגור בתוך שש שנים את רוב יחידות ייצור החשמל מפחם מזהם בחדרה ולהקים במקומן תחנות כוח להפקת אנרגיה מגז טבעי. כתבנו ניתאי ענבי. חברת החשמל מסרה כי תיערך ליישום מדיניות שטייניץ כשלנגד עיניה סוגיית הביטחון האנרגטי, התמודדות עם איומים והבטחת אספקת חשמל יציבה ונקייה. טרם ברור אם החברה תקים את תחנות הכוח החדשות, אך היא אינה תורשה להפעילן. במשרד להגנת הסביבה ובארגונים הירוקים בירכו על המהלך. השר להגנת הסביבה אלקין אמר שמדובר בהחלטה אמיצה והיסטורית, שתוביל להפסקה מוחלטת של הזיהום, התחלואה והתמותה מהיחידות המזהמות. 
שר הרווחה חיים כץ אומר שהתוכנית לצמצום סמכויות נתניהו בליכוד שקידם ישראל כץ הייתה נכונה, וכי שיחת הנזיפה לא הייתה מוצדקת. רינו צרור שוחח איתו. זה לא היה צריך להיעשות. הנושא עצמו, הוא לא היה כל כך חשוב בשביל כל התפאורה שמסביב. זה לא היה נגד ראש הממשלה, זה היה איך תתנהל המינהלת, מי יהיה היועץ המשפטי של איזה גוף בתוך הליכוד. הסכמנו עם השר ישראל כץ, ואני חושב שיכול מאוד להיות שהוא צדק. תגובות במערכת הפוליטית בעקבות חשיפת המלצות הוועדה המיוחדת לבחינת פתיחת עסקים בתל אביב בשבתות, הבוקר בגל"צ. על פי כל ההצעות שתעביר הוועדה לממשלה, תהיה הכרה חוקית בפתיחת עסקים בשבת, אך בהיקף מצומצם יותר ביחס להיום. חבר הכנסת מיקי זוהר מהליכוד אמר כי ההצעה לא נותנת פתרון כולל לכל המדינה. מדינת ישראל אינה כפופה לגחמותיה של העיר תל אביב. מדינת ישראל היא מדינה יהודית ודמוקרטית ששומרת על עקרונות סוציאליים כפי שאנחנו נדרשים על ידי ציבור שולחינו. ואלה החדשות שעורכת חן רביב.
you now. The greatest present is the present. What a present to be in the present. Yeah. Right now. Because you've got a soul. You better take care of that soul, boy. Because no one else has got your soul but you. Listen to these words of the sages. J.M. in the A.M. 21 minutes after 7 o'clock. Imena Neely Mealy, that's been Sion Lehrer with that original uh, selection. Uh, a single. Michal Przanski's Chaverim. You heard Hassan Kala done by Amir Liao before that here at J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Want to wish a mouth of speaking of uh, Chatan Bikala. And I think I think that song ends with the words um Mazal Tov Halila or Khatuna Halila. And um that's appropriate because there is a big wedding tonight. I want to wish a Mazal Tov to the Rosenshine and Eisen families. Um Yehuda Eisen and Devora Rosenshine are going to be married tonight, Bezrat Hashem. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and AM and of course to uh, Avram and Miriam Rosenshine, Rabbi Mrs. Yosef Eisen, Mazal Tov, and of course to Dr. Rosenstein and the entire family, we say Mazal Tov. I had the opportunity early this morning to uh, wish Dr. Rosenstein a Mazal Tov. 
and to talk about how incredible it is, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, to be yet at another Simcha tonight. So we say Mazal Tov, and uh, we tell everybody to enjoy the big celebration from all of us here at JM in the AM. 22 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Dr. Laz is going to join us about an hour from now. He took part in the... Um, in the Crown Heights concert that, uh, I guess we can call it a concert of peace, a concert of unity. He'll give us the official name this past Sunday. And he is a figure who, um, for those of you who remember, um, was an extremely important force in the days after the um, Crown Heights riots of 25 years ago. So he'll be joining us coming up. Rabbitson Youngrice has passed away, as many of you know at this point. Um, what an incredible Jewish hero. She died at the age of 80. It says here in the Jerusalem Post story, an icon of the Jewish community in the U.S. and Israel, and that is so certainly true. Well known for founding the New York-based Jewish outreach organization Hineni, a frequent lecturer well into her later years, authored four books on the subjects of spirituality and relationships. And um, she was born in 1936 in Hungary, daughter of the chief rabbi. Rabbi Avram Jungreis. She survived Bergen-Belsen, settled in New York in 1947, and along with her husband became spiritual leaders in the New York Jewish community. Founded Hineni in an attempt to quell growing assimilation that they saw throughout American Jewry. And boy, what a success story that has been. So we remember Rebetzin Jungreis fondly. Her funeral today, 11 a.m. at the Agudas Yisrael on Long Island in Far Rockaway. And uh, again, your memory should be a blessing for all of Israel, which no doubt it will be. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Keep it here on a Wednesday morning broadcast. And keep in mind that we have amazing programming all day long on our stream at jmtheam.org, including our Z-Report Live Lunch, which will be done by Yossi Zweig starting at 11 a.m. And a big thank you uh, and acknowledgement and tip of the hat to our friends at Traveler's Choice, Yossi and Devora and their entire staff. And like I said, I bet you a lot of people are calling them these days since it's such a high travel season. And no doubt they're reminding everybody to take along the uh, NSN app as their customers travel. And I thank them because they uh, present our Wednesday music mix each Wednesday afternoon on the stream at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. So a tip of the hat, of the travel hat, to uh, our friends at Traveler's Choice from all of us here at JM in the AM. 25 minutes after 7 o'clock, and here is Lenny Solomon. Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad En adir k'adonai Ve'en baruch k'ben ha'meram En gedola
Simchat Chaim is the name of the album. It's Lenny Solomon and Company with that Mizrahi mix here at JM in the AM. Um, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and Esther Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We say, I believe with a perfect faith. The great Rabbi Chaim of Tzans asks a very interesting question. Why is it that we say this? For the person that believes, they already believe it. Why do they need to say animamin? For the person that doesn't believe, God forbid, what's the reason that that person says it? He doesn't believe. Reb Chaim answers in the following way. To the person that doesn't believe, saying the animamin is a tefillah, it's a prayer, that in the future he will believe. For the person that already believes, by saying the animamin, he's praying that his belief, his amuna, should grow deeper, that he should become a greater mamin in Hashem. There was a girl from a religious home who married an atheist from a certain kibbutz. Slowly, he worked to get rid of the amuna tahira that she had. The man wanted to move to one of the mountainous areas in Eretz Yisrael and raise livestock. When they moved into their little home, he didn't agree to put up a mezuzah. He never wore tefillin. When she lit candles for Shabbos, he would ask her, Why are you lighting candles? Nobody died. When she gave birth to a son, he refused to give him a bris milah. One day, there was a huge winter storm. There were heavy winds and soon the mountains were covered in a thick blanket of snow. Their young son was sick and was soon burning up with fever. He ran a temperature of 104. His breathing became labored and he sounded like he was choking. They couldn't get their car out. They tried calling for help, but the phone lines were all dead. There were no nearby neighbors to whom to turn to for help. The child's face began to turn blue. The mother was faint from fear and the father was at his wit's end. Whatever he tried was not working out. Then the woman saw her husband standing by his son's side and muttering. She heard him whisper, Hashem, 
do something. I can't. There's no car. There's no ambulance. There's no phone. She was very surprised to see him praying. She asked him, Why are you praying? You yourself told me that there is no God. Ashamed, he told her, What can I do? I have to try everything. As they stood there, the child's breathing suddenly sounded less labored. His breathing slowly normalized and the color returned to his face. The danger had passed. They now realized that there was a Rebona Shalom in the world. It's a shame that it took them so long. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
Words from this past Shabbos Haftarah from Shabbos Nachamu, beautiful song, Su'umarom, it's Lenny Solomon and company. And as I've said to many people over the years, every time I hear that song, I think of uh, Ilan Ramon, the great Israeli astronaut of blessed memory. Hashem Melach from the uh, Stay With Me Waterbury album, Avram, Avram Fried with Etcha Ani, off Bring the House Down, and Simcha Liner had Espanecha here at JM and the AM. Ten minutes before 8 o'clock, plenty more coming up on this Wednesday morning broadcast at JM and the AM, including this from Yehuda.
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning with Makar Chaim um, from the CD entitled Makar Chaim here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, that's Omek Hadover. Before that, uh, Yehuda with Tzur Yisrael off Rak L'Kayim Mitzvos. 8 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, I wanted to acknowledge the uh, passing of uh, Shloyma Krakowski. Uh, better known professionally as Stephen Hill, the American actor who was a um, an amazing man. I was just telling somebody uh, off the air how uh, how much influence he had on so many young people who were considering uh, crossing over into the area of uh, religious observance. He, of course, as a Stephen Hill, uh, was an actor who. Um, uh, in his private life was, and in his public life, was a from observant Jew, and a tremendous role model for so many, and a square chassid, and a very loyal one. And uh, I had the opportunity to meet him upon more than one occasion, and uh, was really a um, an incredible figure, a larger than life type person, and somebody who will certainly uh, be missed among those of us who are so proud of people who are able to accomplish in the in the world in general and yet remain true to their uh, to their roots and heritage in the way that he did so he will certainly be missed passed away at the age of uh, 94 and our condolences to his entire family from all of us here at JM and the AM a minute after 8 o'clock it's Wednesday at America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange WMFU Mount WMFU Mount Hope Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City New Jersey around the world on the web jmtheam.org and of course on the NSN app See you. 
J.M. and the A.M., that's a uh, selection done by Levi Folkowitz. It's called, uh, it's called Lefichach. Before that, Pure Soul with Olam. You heard Shlomo Katz, Li Shuascha. Like Holzman, done by Alev Tahar. Kulam Ahuvim was Mordechai Ben David and Eitan Freilich with Koamar here at J.M. and the A.M. Wednesday morning broadcast at J.M. and the A.M. I mentioned earlier that Dr. Laz would be joining us. Dr. Laz is uh, David Lazarson, who in 2008 was inducted into the National Teachers Hall of Fame. He is uh, author of four books, Skullcaps and Switchblades, Sharing Turf, which eventually was made into the Crown Heights movie, starring Howie Mandel as Dr. Laz. Um, his latest book is Where All Special Needs, a manual for educators and parents. And uh, Dr. Laz and The Cure is his multi-ethnic music band that has performed in a variety of places, including this past Sunday in Crown Heights, 25 years after its founding. Uh, right after the Crown Heights riots of 1991. Dr. Laz, David Lazerson, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Rabbi Nachum. Great to hear you. How are you? It has been a while, to say the least. <laughs> Too long, my brother. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> Too long is right. Uh, is, is that accurate, that right after the riots is when uh, Dr. Laz and The Cure became a musical entity? Uh, it's close. <laughs> it's close. Um, we initially, I met with um, Richard Green, and we actually met at the Brooklyn Children's Museum about, oh, maybe five days after the riots started there. And um, it was interesting 25 years later to go back to that very spot for this uh, reunion unity concert again. Um, but initially there was, um, we didn't really have a music group yet. It was just getting together and trying to figure out what we could do to improve the situation in the community. Why him? So, Why'd you reach out to him specifically? What was his role or what is his role in the community at that time? Um, uh, well, I was kind of volunteered Uncle Sam style from, <laughs> from the Hasidic community and, um, you know, they knew me from my work with, uh, the black community in Buffalo and, and, uh, my first book, Skull Capital Switchblade. So I had actually seen Rabbi, uh, Hecht on the streets there. Those were the, the days of, uh, payphones. Do you remember those, uh, ancient relics? I certainly do. <laughs> right? So he was at a payphone. I drove by and I, I saw him pulled over and I said, look at, I've worked with the black community. If you need any assistance, you know, feel free. And um, two days later, uh, I found out I was selected to be the liaison from the Hasidic community to reach out to the black community. And I didn't know Richard at all. Um, I guess the uh, I think the mayor's office had appointed him, and the two of us met something like the um, you know in West Side Story, the Sharks and the Jets. Yeah. You know, where, where are you going to meet the gym neutral territory? <laughs> right. So we we end up. You know, it couldn't be Yeshiva, it couldn't be Meg Rivers College. You know, we ended up meeting at the Brooklyn Children's Museum. And so we really had no particular agenda. We didn't really have any focus other than let's try to bring some of our youth together, because that's where we felt most of the issues were, uh, and see if we could do anything to, uh, you know, to help out. And so we really we started off with dialogues and... 
which were kind of hot and heavy in the beginning. And, um, and then we moved on from there several months later into uh, playing basketball together, uh, having some kind of multi-ethnic type programs together. And then I just figured, you know, since I've been involved with music my whole life, okay, let's... Uh, let me see if I can do something musically. And thus began, I'd say, several months after the riots initially started. Mm-hmm. Um, since we we called this organization, uh, at that point, Project Cure. Um, so I thought, okay, well, let's make the music group Dr. Laz in the Cure, you right. know, the doctor in the Cure. Um and and the rest is history, as they say. Dr. Laz is with us. How you have any clue how many people you touched or you and Richard together touched? I mean, obviously, you know, you play ball, so there are a few people on the court who are, you know, whose lives are enhanced by this experience of, you know, of of, of learning how to deal with people from other communities musically. You know, you bring together a few hundred people. They're having a nice time, hopefully, and you know, appreciating each other's, uh, you know, neighbors, so to speak. But collectively, you have any idea what type of impact the whole effort had in the aftermath of the riots? Well, I would say we've, <clears throat> you know, I, there's probably no way you can really, you know, accurately measure that. Um, because we were, we went to um, many, many schools and community groups in those several years after the riots, up until uh, 95, 96, when I actually moved uh, down to South Florida, um, but you know we were on all these TV specials and on ESPN and uh, on the Montel Williams show and you know kind of these national uh, programs where we got this. It really became more of a much more of a national thing. It sort of went locally to nationally and even globally. There were many uh, film groups that came from really all over the world to film what was going on and um you know in a way they just couldn't believe it because i think that the media had portrayed particularly blacks and jews at that time as as uh as enemies right um and we realized right from our very first meeting that that was not the case it was really i think based on you know if there was any negativity it was based on ignorance and uh, kind of a lack of communication, and so they really weren't these major insurmountable problems. You know, it was just a matter of, all right, let's kind of break this cycle. Let's sit down and talk to each other face to face, and we just saw things really, you know, kind of take off. And uh, I, I get emails from people who I've never met who said, you know, oh, thank you for doing this and that, and, you know, not to me personally, but to, um, you know, to our efforts back then, and so I think there's no way to measure that. You know, we had a, uh, uh, a float that was done by black and Jewish artists from the community that was in every major New York City parade for two years. Um, so, you know, you're talking from the Israeli Day Parade to the um, Labor Day, you know, the Caribbean Day Parade. You're talking, you know, that there's thousands and thousands of people who see these things, and you know, you, you kind of never know um, where 
something positive, you know, just who it's going to affect right. and in what way. And Yeah, I understand uh, that. Dr. Laz is with us. The Do you think, ARC, and I know it may be more difficult for you to address this because you are, you know, out of town, so to speak, for, for all these years, but I'm sure you're still somewhat familiar with the Crown Heights community. Um, from our vantage point, from the vantage point of the Jewish community, do, do you think this has had a lasting uh, effect? Do you think that the average Jewish person who is living in Crown Heights has a better understanding and more of a desire to live in harmony with others at this point? I mean, I, I think so. You know, it, it, um, uh, it it's an interesting question, you know, and, and it's, it's certainly got a lot of ramifications to it, but um, I think what we did back then, you know, the um, the Alter Rebbe wanted to call his Hasidim, instead of the word Hasidim, he wanted to use a term that meant lamplighters. Right. And so with our particular group, I always felt like we were the door openers, um, because literally that's what took place. We uh, We ended up taking our group and having discussions and playing ball, you know, at Meg Rebbe's College, where we play, you know, a place that I'd had just driven by and never walked into and and the other and then they would come to uh some of the yeshivas there to to play ball and so it, it um which was really interesting because that was a real stereotype breaker we um um you know they kept on saying we want to play ball in the yeshiva and i, I was like why <laughs> well because we want you know we want to see the place that has the golden you know doorknobs like <laughs> okay <laughs> i could erase that <laughs> and then then we get there and um you know the uh there's holes in the uh, in the court uh, <laughs> on the floor <laughs> and it's got these orange cones you know covering up the holes <laughs> and the backboard has bolts sticking out of it and that was a great stereotype breaker uh, but i think like that once we started and got the ball rolling, um, then you had other people and other groups who got involved and you know picked up picked up the ball and started started rolling with it. And um, so you have a lot more uh, community groups and um, who who are working in in this area, you know, and. Um, have kept these doors open, these channels open. So I think, yeah, the, I think the community is a better place. What was this past? Uh, what was this past Sunday like? Um, there were a lot of people. I was involved in the. Um, we were asked to, um, you know, we got invited to come play at the um, the event at the Brooklyn Soldiers Museum, which uh, was not so much speaking, but this was really more like various music groups, right? Um, uh, from the community performing there. And so we uh we close out the show um you know as sort of um you know a being this multi ethnic group from Crown Heights and then also being there from the get go twenty five years ago right. uh so it was just really nice it was really a uh a nice mixed group um lots of uh lots of Jews were there and uh you know lots of uh caribbean americans african americans so it was really uh a nice, uh, a nice event. It was like a good family event. You know, a lot of parents with kids, and um, just I, I think you know, just in general, you know, good, good vibes. And you know, we were able to to carry on with our message. And um, throughout the years, we've um, so the music group has still been active, and 
Um, I come into Crown Heights maybe four or five times a year. We do some programs together. Wow. And, but as the music group is still... Uh, we're still alive and kicking. <laughs> Dr. So. Dr. Laz is with us. Uh, you know, it's every time we speak to you about this, and we've spoken multiple times over the last 25 years, including <laughs> including an appearance in studio that uh, uh, you and one of the uh, members of the uh, African-American community came in and really did a, an entire hour on this whole topic, which was quite interesting. It goes back a long, long time, obviously, in the right. aftermath of the riots. Uh, it, it always seems like it's a simple formula. It always seems like when Dr. Laz addresses this issue, of communities getting along, of uh, you know, opening doors, etc. That it's a pretty simple formula. That Dr. Laz says, you know, simply extend your hand, so to speak, and and you'll you'll see the type of of warm reception you'll normally get, you know, coming back at you. Is it as simple as that? You know, I, I think initially for starters, it, it really is. It uh, it's just a, like you said. I mean, I think that's so well put. And it reminds me of um, a friend of a friend, like I, a good buddy of mine who helped uh, start uh, JDL back in the day. Uh, so one of his friends came into the Rebbe maybe a week after the riots, and he said, um, you know, you Lubavitchers, you don't know how to fight. You, all, you don't believe in love and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> and reaching out. So he said, I can arm the Jewish community here. I can bring in weapons, you know, and he and he, he meant it sincerely. That was a way to, you know, make the community safer. That's what he felt. And the, the Rebbe stopped him, and he said there will be no, um, no violence perpetuated in, in this community and in my name. And so then this guy got upset, and he said something to the Rebbe, like, well, what's your idea to make the, you know, community, you know, like, better or safer? And so the Rebbe said to him, it was very, it just exactly how you put it, he said to him, say hello to your neighbors, like five words. And so I think initially it really is that simple. And, and uh, I remember we, I went home and I spoke to my wife after I heard this, and because he then told my, my friend who called me up and said, you know, he, he said, you know, I think your Rebbe is kind of naive because that, that was his response. So I thought, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe there's something there, and and then I thought about it more. There were uh, the block I lived on was probably 50% Jewish and 50% black, and there were several neighbors that I never ever said hello to in my life. You know, for all the years we we had been living there. And that's you, and, who tends to be a pretty magnanimous, uh, you know, outgoing figure. Yeah, you know, and I think it was. It was an issue of, like, I always felt that, you know, they were looking at me with kind of sort of this negative expression, you know. So I kind of internalized that. Instead of just, you know, breaking out and saying hello, I, I just never responded back. Like, okay, you don't like me? Okay, you know, fine. Right. I don't like you kind of deal. And so I remember going home and, and talking over with, uh, with my wife. And, you know, we both, you know, especially in the Chabad community, they're always talking about, you know, Mashiach this, Mashiach that. And I thought, hey, Mashiach's supposed to bring peace to the whole world. How about we, we try to make it work on our own block? Mm. You know, talking, people talk about, you know, global things. They've got to start right, you know, in your home. So I started saying hello to these neighbors. And who I, like in my five, six, seven, eight years that I've been there already, um, that, you know, I, I never had any verbal interaction with. And 
Anyhow, the, I come home two weeks after, uh, after that, this sort of started, and my wife says to me, oh, you, you, I love how you're bringing back the garbage cans by the side of the house. And I said, oh, I thought you were doing that. <laughs> it turned out this, <laughs> turned out this neighbor who I said hello to, just hello, he started bringing my garbage cans back. And then this other neighbor started bringing over bottles of wine that they bought at the kosher store instead of wishing us good Shabbos. And so it really started to change the whole, um, the whole vibe of the, of the block we lived on. And, you know, and they would invite us over for, like, for their holiday parties and stuff. So, you know, we just go in and say a quick hello type of deal. But it really did impact those just five words from the Rebbe, say hello to your neighbors. Because I think what the Rebbe zeroed in on was the, really the root of that problem, which, like you said before, is kind of a simple thing. It's not a big deal. It's just sort of this lack of communication and you know, here, I mean, the, the Talmud says, you know, be the first one to greet your neighbors. So mm. I would say, particularly, it applies if you're living in a community like Crown Heights, you know, Crown Heights, where you have, you know, such distinct, visible communities there, you know, where, so, you know, it, it's as simple as just reaching out. And then, uh, we, then we had like a sukkah party in our house where we invited, um, you know, it was basically no Jews allowed. <laughs> we invited the, the non-Jews on our block, and a lot of them showed up. And, you know, and they said, we've always wondered, you know, like, what goes on in those, you know, strange huts that you Jews have. Uh, and they never knew. And then, you know, it, it really was a, a much easier process than I thought. Unbelievable. Took some time, took some effort, but, um, you know, yeah, I feel like you start reaching out, and then it comes back to you, like, tenfold. And now you're so well-known, even outside of Crown Heights, for doing just that. I mean, the truth is, you know, obviously, if, if one reads your books, we realize that you had some of this in you even before these, uh, uh, you know, Crown Heights episodes. But I'm sure it had a big effect on you to, uh, you know, to progress more in this whole area and to just reach out to everybody at some point. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, again, I, I can't take credit for it. I think, um, uh, I, you know, growing up in Buffalo, even though my... Parents are not like uh, traditional, you know. They're very proud Jews, but you know they sort of don't, don't really know any better. But they, um, you know, at that point in time, but they they were on this um, this community from the city of Buffalo, like where if people would come from other countries, for, somehow they ended up at our house for dinner. Right. <laughs> and, and I, I don't know how or what, but you're talking from like you know Eastern Europe and from the Far East and from Africa and, and somehow, it, like once a week, there'd be this, some unusual guest, you know, from a different country. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so it, I think it, we don't have to water down our culture. We don't have to, you know, it's not like we're, um, compromising anything. I, I think it's, it's, you know, sort of integral components of, of what Torah is all about and what, you know, Yiddishkeit is all about. And, um, and it's, it doesn't need a big thing. You, I, I would suggest, you know, to all your listeners, and, you know, now you've grown, Baruch Hashem, you know, big time, so you're thousands and thousands of listeners worldwide. Um, just try it. You know, you um, I remember going one time to, uh, I did a place at a Shabbaton, and there were the, uh, uh, and it was, it was some Jewish institution, and they also had, like, 
issues with their neighbors on both sides. So I said, hey, why don't you try this thing of, you know, just saying hello to them and, you know, may- maybe invite them to, uh, to some of your functions, you know. And well, he said, well, yeah, but they're not Jewish. So I said, okay, so you invite them to a function where you think they won't be, um, you know, in- intimidated by it or, you know, something more a little universal. Right. <laughs> so like a sukkah is a kind of great message, you know. Right. And, and so they did, and then the guy... Uh, contacted me a few months later saying that, yeah, the situation is, like, totally improved. You know, Reb Shlomo Kalbach once said on this show that he could solve the whole Arab-Israeli conflict. (laughs) So I said, how could you do that? He said, if if the Israeli government would give me enough money to go around and meet every single Arab, then uh, the whole conflict would be over. Now, obviously, that may be a little... You know, pie in the sky, Pollyannish, but I think you know exactly where he was coming from. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of, kind of kindred spirits, anyhow. Yeah. We we did. Um, in fact, we actually did a uh, a unity concert with Shlomo. Uh, I believe it was a year or two after the riot, and uh, that uh, that was at Medgar Evers College. And I thought we had there was Richie Havens, sort of a, one from the black community, you know, a headliner from the black community, right. played at Woodstock. Right. And slow mo, and then our band, and I thought our band was gonna, you know, sort of uh, be top dog over there. And but it turned out that slow mo totally rocked the crowd. Uh, they started dancing in circles, and this was at Mega Evers College. Wow! So um, wow! I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so glad I brought him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Yeah. That is amazing. Doctor Laz, you can check him out online. Drlaz dot com. Drlaz dot com. We're out of time, but I got to ask you: did, did the crowd demand a million encores on Sunday? Well, you know what was awesome was it started raining lightly, and we were kept saying, uh, "Okay, side is our last one." And we finished, and they didn't go, so Woo! we kept on playing in the light rain. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Until we basically destroyed all the electronic equipment, but it was well worth it. <laughs> uh, and a big shout-out to Camp Misora, lads. Heard you had a good time this summer. Uh, Misora rocks. Misora was awesome. Certainly yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And it, we have, it was great seeing you there, and, uh, you know, you're a big part of the Misora family. I appreciate that. So we look that. forward to many, many more summers together. Kalaka to you. What you did Sunday is uh, just, the, just another step in this incredible journey that you've led 25 years later. Thanks so much, Dr. Laz, and continue good luck. Okay, thanks, Holy Brother. Much love. Hatslaka, only good things. Uh, Dr. Laz has uh, some great books you got to check out, uh, documentaries online about his uh, amazing uh, life in the world of education and in the world of increasing the peace. Uh, like he has done in uh, Crown Heights over this quarter of a century. You can check it out online, DrLaz, D-R-L-A-Z.com, D-R-L-A-Z.com. Wrapping things up on a a Wednesday morning, I want to thank Dr. Laz, who was there Sunday in Crown Heights, 25 years later, playing with The Cure, a multi-ethnic band with a very important message of uh, continuing to increase the peace between communities. Arye Kunstler will wrap up a Wednesday for us at JM in the AM.
Reminder, amazing programming on our stream all day long at jmnam.org. And, of course, on the NSN app. You can comment on the NSN app all day long. And a special shout-out again to our friends at Traveler's Choice, who I assume are extremely busy these days. We'll have travel going on the next couple of weeks in our community. Traveler's Choice, our friends uh, Yussi and Devora and their entire staff who present our Wednesday music mix online at jmnam.org and on the NSN app, and it is greatly appreciated. Achenu Bisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live in the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. And that wraps up a Wednesday morning edition. Big thank you to Dr. Laz, who joined us 25 years later. It's amazing to think of the uh, time that has gone by over this quarter of a century. I remember the appearance that he made in studio after the Crown Heights riot to discuss all these things and to help bridge the gap between communities a long time ago. Uh, call like a vote to him and to his colleagues. Uh, plenty more coming up to tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. right here at JMNAM. And, of course, make sure to be tuned in all day long to our stream at jmnam.org with the replay of the 9 at 9 coming up. And the Yussi's Weig and the uh, Wednesday Z-Report Live Lunch and plenty more. Have a fabulous Wednesday until tomorrow. Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.